Welcome to a very special bonus episode of Space Waffles. I am your host, Arzu, and with me is fellow Waffle Katrina. Hello there. Oh, I love that intro so much. So good. <laughs> the, the, I played it for somebody once, and I'm glad I played it for her beforehand because she almost passed out. So oh, It's amazing. It's just amazing. Yeah. Who doesn't, who doesn't love Darth Maul? and exactly. Dathomir's, which is actually kind of my segue into why we're even doing this. <laughs> so as of recording, last night, um, Katrina and I, along with wa- Head Waffle Candice, recorded our regular Space Waffles episode about Anakin and Asajj as a forced dyad. Mm-hmm. And as is the way with podcasts where it's not like a review and we really dive in deep to stuff, the next day we had more to say, but the episode <laughs> was already done. So... <laughs> We are here now to to say that and to sort of, I guess, dive even deeper into the topic. So what got me thinking about all this again, 12 hours after the fact, is we were talking towards the end on our Patreon exclusive, so make sure to sign up for our Patreon, about which other pairings we could consider like a dyad, like Anakin and Padme, or um, like Ezra and Sabine, things like that. And what got me thinking was, is there a characteristic, a quality mm. about a person, like something within them or whatever, that is what makes them work as a dyad? So like my example that I was thinking of was like Ray and Ben as a dyad. The concept that they share, this characteristic that they share is loneliness. Mm-hmm. And that's what they have in common. And then, you know, obviously separate arcs and light and dark and and those kind of opposite, but they do have this loneliness aspect in common. Yeah. So... I guess starting there, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like at, at its core, a dyad is a, a meeting of two halves that make a whole. So it's, especially within the Force, it's two people who, if they were to come together, would create a moment that changed the rest of the galaxy. And so in a way, that's how I see Anakin as, and Asajj as a dyad, because they have those similarities. And because if they were ever to come together, I think the changes that would happen would be monumental, because they have so much to relate to because they have so much to like come together over even like, you know, in revenge or, or, or hopefully something a little lighter, like that possibility is, I think why Palpatine made it so that their chess pieces never met in that way. Cause he saw a dyad there and he needed that separated as he did with Dooku and Yoda. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I guess even, even back to my Ray and Ben example, like, Palpatine, okay, say what you will about this particular plot point, but him kind of <laughs> waffling about whether or not he wanted Ben to kill her because he's like, you absolutely need to kill her. And then 10 minutes later, he's like, I never wanted you dead. I'm like, really? Tell that to yourself 10 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> his whole thing is he can't let them get to that point mm-hmm. of coming together against him because then obviously he lost. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this time it takes. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and in that sense, you can also you can also count Luke and Vader. Like in that, I feel like they are a father son dyad. They were the switches to each other that made a major change in their life and in the galaxy. So in that in that sort of note, and being like that that switch, that opposing presence that I guess makes up for what the other one lacks. Mm. Would we consider? I can't believe this didn't come up yesterday, given how much we talked about both of them. But would you think consider Anakin and Obi Wan to almost be a dyad? Oh, a hundred percent. I really, I think that like 
even like they they're up there with Ray and Ben as one of the most important dyads in the galaxy, but because the moment they broke apart, so did everything else. And we talked a lot about their relationship and got really emotional over it a couple of days ago. And for good reason, right. because they, they, they're, they're two halves of a whole, they complement each other, you know, regardless of how you see them, their relationship is that of like brothers of, of, two halves of a whole of one piece and another. And when they're together, they do incredible things. Like they they take down entire armies. They change the scope of what a world and what its people is going through. And we see this multiple times. And so again, from Palpatine's perspective, it's like, well, that's got to stop. <laughs> the Palpatine, Palpatine is, the he can benefit culture. from Diaz, but he's really not about the... He's not about the dyads. Yeah, I think more about his strategy is more about using one and the other to set one and the other off. Because, you know, breaking Anakin and Obi-Wan's bond was like a very key part of his strategy. Breaking that trust that Anakin was supposed to have in Obi-Wan as his master, as his friend, you know, it's it's a big it's a big key in Anakin's life because Obi-Wan was that one person that Anakin had to had left to like really latch onto. Like, of course, he had the entire Jedi Order as opposed to Ventress, who had nobody. But Obi-Wan was his home for his whole life. You know, he was the one person that Anakin turned to. And so they worked effortlessly together. And as a villain, I would immediately want to split them up. If, if I considered them a big enough threat, I'd be like, this can't. Yeah. <laughs> Other than the the nature of, you know, retroactive storytelling, like we didn't have the term dyad in our in our lexicon, our general lexicon. It might be in Legends, I don't know. But we didn't really have that in the current canon until, you know, 2019. So yeah. that's obviously why Anakin and Obi-Wan are never referred to as such. But mm-hmm. but even in the Revenge of the Sith noveliz- novelization, they are described as like closer than than you know romantic partners they're they're closer Mm -hmm. than soulmates they were like made to meet each other eventually and do good things with the galaxy and their combined power is like one of the few that's like unstoppable unless you're asajj ventress who needs to be held off by both jedi in order to run away um Everyone else really couldn't, like, you know, you can't hold a candle to them. You can't hold a candle to them. They are the ultimate duo in Star Wars. And yeah, it was it was breaking Obi-Wan away. It was making Anakin believe he had killed Padme. uh, That just like that was the snap. Mustafar was the snap for him. So now I'm almost curious, because again, with this back and forth nature of Star Wars storytelling, now that we are getting you know, Obi-Wan, and I have to assume Anakin on screen again mm-hmm. together because you don't bring Hayden Christensen back and stick him behind a helmet the whole time. So uh, no, <laughs> like there's just, you get it. You, you get somebody you don't have to pay as much. So I mm-hmm. have to assume we're getting that again. So now that we have the dyad as a concept in Star Wars, like fully, like with a word to put on it and like a, a whole soulmate meaning like platonic or romantic in this case, platonic, like behind it, or brotherly, I guess, maybe platonic doesn't really fit in there. But I would hope maybe that this is going to get explored when we get to the Kenobi series. I I worry about the Kenobi series sometimes because I'm a little afraid it's going to be a lot of bang, bang, pow, and Mm. not a lot of... Yeah, not a lot of contemplation. Introspection. Yeah. (laughs) But... I saw... I I mean, there's been a lot of good discussion around that, like, on both sides. And, you know, at the end of the day... The Obi-Wan series given to me is the Obi-Wan series. I will be happy with it with because it's Obi-Wan and I am like that. 
But right. I, I think it's definitely, it's one of the things I'd love to see are those quiet moments, that like moment of, you know, like Miyazaki says, he calls it ma, where they're just sitting and thinking and deeply sinking into their feelings. And I think that's where we're going to see dyad moments between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Like Anakin, <clears throat> he doesn't know Obi-Wan's on Tatooine. Like Vader does not, he's not aware that Obi-Wan is on Tatooine, but I am 100% sure we're going to see connections uh, much like we did with Ahsoka in Rebels when she first felt Vader nearby, you know? Um, and I think that's that may even be like what sets off what happens in in Obi Wan. So the them sensing each other in some way, yeah. And Obi Wan realizing ten, I guess it's what ten ten years later, almost mm -hmm. ten years after the fact that he didn't actually kill Anakin is yeah. going to be the the catalyst for this. I like that. Mm hmm. Like really okay. figuring out that Anakin is is Vader and Vader is Anakin and and how that affects Anakin. Like, you know, retroactively, like knowing that Obi-Wan is still alive and that like that, you know, he lost Padme, but Obi-Wan's still around. And so that totally kind of sets off his, uh, how, who he is as Vader. Because if you look at the Vader comics too, there are those, that one, there's that one arc with, uh, with Sabe and like those moments where he's reflecting on Padme's life and even like surprised and, and, and confused that she may very well be alive for two Point two seconds um like those are huge moments for vader like they they completely like throw off what he is supposed to be now that that chapter of his life is supposed to be over and it's not right mm -hmm. so i almost wonder like this is pure speculation at this point but how how that sort of affects their bond because like in the Again, I, I didn't talk about it at all yesterday. Now I'm constantly jumping back to Ray and Ben. But in the, <laughs> in the Rise of Kylo Ren comic, like the first time we really see them feel each other, like through the Force, is when he's at his lowest and falling to the dark side. Mm -hmm. And Ray's like, "That was weird," and then moves on with her day. Mm -hmm. But I'm almost wondering now that Vader has sort of severed that connection to Anakin Skywalker how that affects this this bond that they definitely have. Because it is like you said, like in the novelization, we really see it. And then we sort of see it in the way they they fight in Revenge of the Sith, like that they are so evenly matched, they can't mm -hmm. actually hit each other. Yeah. So now that that's not a thing anymore, and now that that connection that he has with Anakin Skywalker is gone, how does this affect the connection he has with Obi-Wan? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think like we're going to get really deep on on like what a dyad is, and I, I hope we do uh, in this series because it's I, I have a feeling it's going to be it's Obi Wan series, but it's going to be about the repercussions of you know what happened before, and Anakin was one of the biggest players in in Obi Wan's life, you know, like so. So I, aside from really, really, really wanting Clone Wars flashbacks so that we can see Hayden and Ewan in uh, Clone Wars armor, <laughs> I would I also, mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hayden, Tem, oh my God, like, oh my I, God. I'm so excited to like see the possibilities, you know, of, of what might happen. Um, and of course, like Vader, I don't think is going to be the, the, you know, Obi-Wan's only problem in this series. If we've looked at like casting and stuff, obviously there are a lot of other players in this uh, story, but yeah, I, I really think that we're going to delve into like what it means to be a dyad and like what, what makes one up, like what uh, creates that makes them the switch that changes the galaxy. So jumping way, way back in the timeline now, because you're, you're reading The High Republic, right? Yeah. 
So do you think, I would hope that we are going to get some sort of exploration of, of a dyad in this concept because Palpatine does say it's like unseen for generations. Well, what's more generation even 300 years ago? Exactly. So <laughs> I feel like we maybe got hints of this in the rising storm light spoilers for the rising storm. I will put a time code in the notes if you want to jump this part. <laughs> but uh, when you, you're caught up on rising storm, right? Yes. Read all so of it. When uh, Elzar and Ty like kind of take hands to sort of help each other. Mm-hmm. in that moment and then they sort of share that bond and they share each other's memories i don't recall seeing a jedi do something like that before which almost which the first thing that popped into my head was is is this a dyad mm-hmm. like that butterfly meme i'm like yeah yeah getting along is this a dyad <laughs> yeah i mean well we're gonna i think ultimately we're gonna see what happens with the high republic um later to today today oh my god yes. there's a as we record this there is a, a really great panel that is uh going to start or has started i don't know um and 90 minutes from now oh fantastic we're about to find out about the third phase of the high republic and i think that with that being because i i definitely saw that too um with that being introduced in a way where two jedi connect and something happens um or for two force users two people strong in the force like that, that I think that is going to be further explained in this like third portion because we had to live with the characters for a while and get to know them during quote unquote phase one and uh, and in phase two we really sank into like what their issues were individually and we're we're learning more about like our, you know our big three and as well as Keeve and all of them and I think that this third one is going to go it's I I, I have this terrible feeling it's going to hurt and it's oh, also time. <laughs> it's going to go into like what those connections are and what these these duos that change the galaxy are so if you had to put not to put money on it but if you had to guess <laughs> based on who we know now who do you think has the best potential in the high republic to be the duo that kind of changes the galaxy because for all that i did see that connection between ty and elzar i almost feel like Elzar and Stellan feel like such an Anakin Obi-Wan to me. Yeah. I honestly I, I feel like Elzar, Stellan, and, and Avar Chris are not necessarily a like triad? a triad. A triad, yeah. Cause they they like they're the ones, they're the major players here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like they're they're our big three in this particular uh series. And so like I, I definitely see the potential with those two as well as like the three of them, uh, just because of the magnitude of each of their unique like abilities in the force. Like the fact that uh, like like Master Chris can reach out to anyone. Like she can feel that through the force and it courses through the force her presence does and you can feel her from like hundreds of miles away and she's just there with you. Um, so I, I definitely think there's like huge potential. There's also uh, the epic connection of me and Torben Buck. I definitely think yes. we're a dyad. <laughs> the, the ultimate dyad in the force. Yes, yes, just me and him. But yeah, no, I, I fully, I fully agree with your your point there. Like the two, the two of them are like so simpatico, and like I see like that that like those patterns of bonds that we saw in Anakin and Obi Wan. It almost makes me tempted to. Not that everything needs to be a one-to-one parallel, but mm. thinking of them in that context now almost makes me think of Avar in almost a Padme role, not just because of how Elzar feels, but mm. because with Padme too, we see her as this person who is very conscious of her duty, who embraces it wholeheartedly, who is able to reach people like where they're at mm-hmm. kind of thing. So just almost like she is the most, I think, 
diplomatic of the Jedi and whether or not you agree with all her methods and all her decisions, because she's definitely made some calls I don't agree with, but (laughs) whether or not you agree with her on that front, I'm almost getting that kind of vibe from her now. Mm -hmm. Really interested to see this like proto dynamic. I know even coming after, but like earlier in the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And and every, I mean, the thing about (laughs) time and history is that like, no matter what we do as people, we are destined to repeat something that's done, been done before, or like an idea that's been done before. And that continues in the infinite space of time. So I think that having similarities between this, this trio and the trio we see in the prequels uh, is it like I? I don't consider that against the rule, the rules at all. I think that's a, a deepening of like not only understanding, you know, our our three Jedi from the higher public, but also understanding and again in Padme and and Obi Wan. Love love a good trio. Yes, yeah, love them and all their little friends. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> it's the whole gang. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, was there anything else you can think of in this little? mini deep dive into into diets i uh i'm just really excited to see like how how relationships are now explored like i feel like the concept of a dyad changed how we play relationships out in star wars and how uh how deep we get into exploring them because before ray and ben like we had only been given that that kind of taste in the revenge of the sith novel with obi-wan and anakin and on screen with obi-wan and anakin and i think that like Going further into it is something I would greatly like, something that I was only given a slight amount of in Dooku Jedi Lost with Dooku and Yoda. So I hope that what relationships become in Star Wars are something a lot more nuanced than they've been allowed, not necessarily, but you know, than than they've been written before. And we're seeing that now. So I'm really happy with it. Yeah, I think like the types of stories that I think maybe people thought Star Wars were supposed to be we're probably like, we're not delving as deeply into relationships as maybe they could have. Yeah. And then I think with, especially now, you know, 20, 25 years after the fact with the prequels, when you realize just how much there is there, like in terms of interpersonal relationships and in terms of these kinds of dynamics that people really seem to want to dig into. I hope like that star Wars really leans into that side of things Mm -hmm. that, you know, like Ray and Ben's dynamic was really something that people read a lot into and really dug into and like we have talked about this before and there's so much good potential there because the plot is why we're telling the story is like this moment in time but the people is why we come back and why we care in the first place yeah absolutely definitely yeah and you know now we have all these mediums to explore it and like not that we didn't have like legends before and not that most of it didn't do like a great job at what it did but i you know i'm a really big revan and, and bastila fan um, and I would, oh, I have been dying for Knights of the Old Republic stories in like this modern era so that we can further explore like what they were because like she, she changed his life in a very big way on, on, on the scale, a scale of force use uh, that has never been seen and hasn't been seen again. So yeah, I, I feel like there's so much potential and like you growing up with legends, like I saw it right there in so many couples that were, or pairings or duos that were so great. And I just wanted like more of them. Um, and so I think that like this now, this, this exploration we have of like relationships and like this, this diverse pool of creators and writers that Star Wars has now is like the key to getting deeper on that. This is also, I'm going to take this moment to make my formal petition 
for Lucasfilm to reintroduce Revan and Bastila into canon in written form for people like me who are bad at Knights of the Old Republic and couldn't get off that first starship to learn what the big deal was about Revan and Bastila. So I have been told that this is very much my shit. Oh, it super duper is. It's, They're like, this oh is God. right up your alley. I'm like, here's the problem. I got stuck in the cockpit on that first ship and Ugh. I couldn't get out. And now I just got frustrated and put the controller away and haven't picked it up since. Oh, it's so fantastic. Like it's 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 like like Raylo, but like juiced up <laughs> like times ten. It's like it's if you think if you think Raylo is intense, oh man, like Revan and Bastila are they're such Raylo on steroids. Yeah, yeah. They they have such a great story and like yes, it paces closely to Raylo, but it's also like it's this wonderful story of of its own that like I think you know, if if you ship bad guys with good guys, oh, you are in for a feast. I was I was convinced enough that this is my kind of stuff that like right behind me as we speak, the Revenant Bastila Funko Pops are sitting there. I'm like, I am investing in this because I know I will like it when I eventually get through the game. Yes, they are my perfect babies and I love them and they deserve to be happy forever and ever and not sad like they were in Legends. Yeah, the nice thing about new canon, they don't have to be sad anymore. Yeah, Looking yeah. at you, Star Wars authors. Exactly. Come on, guys. Come on. Let people be happy. Just just sneak in like a little legend of, uh, of Rev- Revan and Bastila into the High Republic. Like, oh, hundreds of years ago, these Jedi. <laughs> what if this is the Jedi bodice ripper that's being read? <sighs> oh, my God. I'm going to change my story now. <laughs> <laughs> no more OC Jedi. We're going. We're going in on Revan and Bastila. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Katrina, can you tell everybody where they can find you online? Oh heck yeah! You guys can look for me anywhere that you can search for the letters O H C A T R I N A. That's O Katrina on all social media platforms. I make a, a Fight Club show here called the Fight Club Far Far Away, right on the Geeky Waffle Network. Uh, I also uh, co-host two other podcasts, uh, one of which is Padro Pascal, uh, an exploration of the filmography of actor Pedro Pascal, as well as Itovanta Tambien, a uh, pop culture podcast from a Latinx point of view. And as for me, you can find you can find the Geeky Waffle at Geeky underscore Waffle on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at the Geeky Waffle. And as I mentioned at the top of the episode, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the Geeky Waffle, where we post our waffles after dark, as well as exclusive um, mini episodes that tie into our mainline series. And then if you want to follow me personally for about 50% Raylo content, 50% Martian Row content, you can find me on Twitter <laughs> or Zoo, I mean. So until next time, thank you for listening. Let dyads be happy and may the waffles be with you. <laughs>